this one is going to be cash flowing right away, uh, year one. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, as always, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, it's been a busy last couple of weeks. Well, not busy, just different. I've been uh, traveling. I was in Mexico for uh, my sister-in-law's uh, wedding. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. We took the kids. We like to explore. We never like to do kind of what everybody else is doing. And so uh, we rented a car. That was an experience. Rented, uh, and, and we've done this. My wife and I actually did this before, but we rented a car and we drove a couple hours outside of Cancun. We flew into Cancun, drove two and a half hours away and stayed in a little town called Valladolid and uh, used that as our hub. Stayed in like this little boutique hotel. It wasn't little. It was, I don't know, a decent sized boutique hotel. And, uh, you know, ate the local food and, and went to the local shops. It was a lot of a lot of fun, but man, Matt, Mexico is so most people think of Mexico, they think of like Cancun or the resort towns. Most people that have been to Mexico have only been to the resorts. But when you get off resort and truly get into the real towns, um, it's quite different. And when we drove from uh, Cancun to Valladolid. And then from Valladolid, we drove up to uh, Rio Lagardas and um, we, we drove to Ekbalam and, and these other places. And you're going through these little towns and even Valladolid, a bigger town, um, but you go through these towns and you realize how much poverty there really is. And I don't even know if I would call it poverty. It's just the way they live. No, it is poverty. But I mean, it's just that they're, these people are living in small little houses. They're not like our houses. They're, they're like somebody's bedroom, essentially. Um, they're just these little tiny houses, fairly run down. Um, most towns, little shops. Uh, it's just, it's a lot different than what you see in the resort towns. If you've ever been to Cancun, if anybody's ever been to Cancun or probably most of the other resort towns in Mexico, I would challenge you to rent a car. You can do it for like $10 a day and go travel actually the countryside and explore. We had these local restaurants. I mean, we, we stopped at this place. Most people wouldn't even think about stopping at and had a great lunch, $7 for all of us, including mm. drinks. Um, so it was just a just a blast, and I love exploring different cultures. You appreciate what you have, you appreciate what what they have, and how they live their lives, and it's just a lot of fun to mingle with uh, the local people too. Just super nice people. Awesome. Yeah, uh, you know, it's I, I love traveling as well, so it, it's always uh, an amazing experience. I find that I learn more about my own culture and my own belief system than when I travel because I, I'm forced to think like, okay, other people do things differently. Uh, you know, why do I do things the way I do? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really uh, intriguing too. Yeah, to see that different, like how do how do they not necessarily think because you know you're they're only there for a short period of time, but a little bit of how they think and how they act and what they do and what they expect. 
um, just a lot different uh, to be in other people's culture and, and to really appreciate kind of what they're doing. I'd love to spend, you know, a year there and to be able to really dive in uh, or a year into, uh, to, to, you know, other cultures and be able to really dive in, but I'm not, not in the cards right now. <laughs> did you buy any real estate while you're down there? No, no, I did not buy real estate down there. You know, I, it, you, you said, Hey, should we talk about uh, real estate in Mexico? And I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't know, really know um, real estate in Mexico, but what I have heard is that you can't really buy real estate in Mexico. It's a lease. So you can buy a lease to the real estate, uh, but the government, I think the government ultimately owns it. Of course, somebody's going to fact check me or somebody already knows that. And they're going to be like, Hey, you're way off, um, which I, I probably am. But that's what I've heard is it's like more of a lease. You don't own it. The government owns it. And uh, you just get to do certain things with it essentially, cool. which is maybe why the homes aren't as nice. I don't know. Uh, and maybe, maybe if you're a citizen of Mexico, you can buy and own, and I'm, I'm not sure the, again, the exact laws, but so yeah, went for Mexico, then came home for literally under, under, uh, 48 or under 24 hours. I mean, uh, and then flew to big sky and then, uh, uh skied for four days and, and came back. So ready to rock and roll, man. So Matt, we've got something big coming up. We've got two big things coming up and actually three big things coming up. So first off, what do we, what do we got coming up next week? Uh, well, uh, this week, actually, uh, the, on the time that this airs is going to be April 20th. This week, yep. like today, like today, right, yeah. right today. Yeah. So tonight, uh, if you're in the Twin Cities, I highly recommend you. We're going to have a, a real estate happy hour at a place called Bent Brewstillery in Roseville. And uh, so how do people go? How do people sign up? Like, where do they go? Can you put this that in the show uh, notes too? Yep. I'll put it in the show notes so they can sign up on our uh, meetup group or on Facebook. Uh, I think I put it on LinkedIn as well. So, um, uh, but otherwise you can just show up at Bent Brewstillery and, uh, and this uh, is Wednesday, April 20th, 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 at uh, starting at five 30 and we'll go for a couple hours and, um, you know, maybe longer if the conversation is great. But uh, and then in a couple of weeks, though, uh, May 2nd and 3rd is going to be the North Star Real Estate Conference, which yep. is going to be amazing. Um, yeah. And so for those of you who have attended it the past or heard about it in the past, this is the North Star Real Estate Conference. We're, the focus this year is, is multifamily. This is the same conference that we've done in the fall several years uh, three years in a row in the fall, we've now switched it to the spring. So this isn't like some addition. This is the North Star Real Estate Conference. So this is this conference is all about networking, all about impact on your business. Uh, we're bringing in industry experts. Um, so we are bringing a ton of information on multifamily. If you want to learn how to do multifamily, if you're just starting, uh, maybe you've been buying some multifamily, you want to grow your business, maybe you've been buying a lot of multifamily, but you want to meet excellent people, uh, potential investors, uh, potential lenders and um, property managers and, and so on. This is a great place to be. So um, Matt, what, what were the dates again? May 2nd and 3rd. It's a Monday and May Tuesday. Yep. So May 2nd and 3rd, and that's in the Twin Cities. Again, it's in Vadness Heights. Um, and then how do they how do they get tickets? Where do they go? You go to NorthStarUnlimited.live. And then they can use a promo code, a coupon code when they check out. Now, early bird special is gone. Yep. But 
they you can, can use a coupon code of DEX, D-E-X, and you can get a discount for that. So VIP tickets are available still, regular tickets are available still. So those are, uh, I, I would highly recommend signing up for the conference. I think you're going to really get your money's worth out of the conference. It's not that expensive. When you look at conferences, how much most of them cost, this one's not that not that expensive. Costs yep. us a lot of money to put this thing on. So we don't make any money on it. It's just something that I love doing and enjoy doing it. I've, I've had a lot of fun doing it. Matt, you're uh, a part of it. Uh, you continue to be a part of it. So you're obviously enjoying it enough to continue to put the, the effort into it. So. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so Matt, I wanted to talk a, a little bit about a deal. My light's going crazy as always. Um, Matt, you're going to have to mail me a new light because it's <laughs> always going crazy, but anyways, so I wanted to talk about a new deal that we've got coming up and this is unique. I haven't, ever been able to really talk about a deal on the podcast because we haven't done what's called a 506C offering. And so we always do 506B offerings, which means I can offer the property to my list, right? Without advertising. So it has to be accredited. It can be accredited, non-accredited, but have to be people I have a pre-existing relationship to. Now I can actually talk about this deal now, if you go, hey, I like what they're talking about. And I want to invest in the deal. Well, I can't actually have you invest in the deal unless you're an accredited investor, right? So it has to be accredited only. That's the difference between the B and the C is if you were uh, interested in a B, I couldn't advertise. I couldn't talk about it on my podcast. But if you and I already had a relationship, I could actually offer it to you, right? Well, with this with this uh, C, C offering, I can talk about it to anybody. Non-accredited could, of course, listen to it, but they can't reach out and invest in the deal. An accredited person could invest in the deal. A lot of people have confusion what accredited and non-accredited is. Real quick, it's not some like stamp of approval. Well, quite frankly, you do actually have to get approved um, for this offering, but it's not some like stamp of approval. You have to have a net worth of a million dollars or more. Okay, That doesn't include your house that you live in. Or you have to make $200,000 as an individual or $300,000 if you file jointly, right? So those, those are the basics of, the B, of, sorry, of, of being a credited investor. There's a couple other things that you can do uh, or, or qualify, right? ways you can qualify, but th that's the basics. Those are the general ways. If you've uh, like taken a Series Seven, or you know, for example, or, or some other yeah. uh, type yeah, yeah. of securities licensure, then then uh, that qualifies you as well. Right, right. There, there's several factors that could qualify, and and you know, uh, you'd have to if 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 you think you qualify, you'd have to look at all those, or you, quite frankly, just can go through a process to get the credit as well. So uh, this uh, this deal is for accredited investors only, and because of that, it allows us to advertise or, or to you uh, to advertise and, and uh, talk about it publicly. Like, we'll just podcast. talk about it, right? Because that one of, that's one of the bummers is like I get a deal, I'm kind of excited about, it, I want to talk about it. I can't even talk about it on the podcast. I got to be careful how what I say about it. 
I can't post on Facebook, you know, so I try to be really careful. Like if I'm at a property doing inspection, I would love to like be walking around and showing people and telling them about the deal, stuff like that. But I can't do it if it's 506B because that if somebody calls me up and goes, Hey, you know, want to invest in your deal or the, the SEC just sniffs, gets wind of it. And they go, Hey, we feel like you're advertising. I could get in trouble for that. So I got to be really quiet about it. And so I try not to talk too much about it. I might say, hey, I got some deals coming up, right? But that, even then, like I got to be, I just got to be careful, right? With the 506C, I don't have to be that careful. We can talk about this deal. We can talk about any any deal that's a 506C. So um, that's what's, to me, what's exciting about it. I'm going to be traveling over to this property uh, in May and we won't have closed on the, the deal. And so normally I couldn't tell anybody about it. But in May, I plan on, you know, probably doing some Facebook lives on the deal, talking about what we're, what we're doing to the property. You know, we can talk about the area, all that kind of stuff. And it's no big deal because we've got this publicly advertised um, through the 506 All right. Well, let's get into the deal. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think we've talked about why 506B versus 506C and vice versa. Um, we just decided this was this would give us an opportunity to expand our outreach, right? Mm-hmm. So smaller, smaller raise, the total raise is approximately $5 million. I think it's 4.8 exactly. Um, but it allows us to really get the word out there. So it's not even necessarily... So somebody, if you're listening here and going, you know, you're looking at doing a raise, which one should I do? 506B, 506C. There's pros and cons, of course. Go back to the archives. You can listen to some of those pros and cons. But one of the pros for us was that we can publicly advertise and we can get the word out there while the deal is active. And we actually aren't expecting to uh, to get a bunch of investors on this deal that are outside of our relationship, okay? So we're expecting to fill this deal up with pretty much all of our own contacts already. But one of the goals is people will hear about this deal, they'll see the deal that's live, that hasn't closed yet, and they'll get excited about the opportunity call us and that'll start a relationship with them. So this is more of a relationship building versus a, we're going to get a bunch of people into this deal that we don't know. Most people still won't invest with you unless they know you familiarity, right? Now, some people will. So we might get some investors that'll invest in this deal that we don't have a pre-existing relationship with. But again, the goal is to have this be an outreach tool, have this be a a deal that's live right now that people will reach out to us and we can talk to them about that deal. We can talk to them about our company and about what we do and we can get them in our investor database for future deals. Um, So that's one of the big reasons. I hear some people that are like, hey, I'm gonna do this 506C because then I'll be able to advertise or be able to raise all this money. They think like the, they think that if they can advertise, they're going to be able to raise like millions and millions of dollars. That's just not true. Like you need to be able to raise 90% of your capital 
out with your pre-existing relationships, right? If the, if, if you're counting on more than 10% coming from not non pre-existing relationships, I think you're in, in for some, some headaches right there, some heartache, right? It's not going to happen. Likely. Maybe you're really, really good at advertising. Maybe you get 15%, but it's probably going to come from your relationships. So just understand that uh, and understand that you're all also removing those non-accredited investors. So if that's a big part of your relationship base, you're removing them. They can't invest. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so let's dig uh, yeah. a little bit into this deal. Uh, and, and um, we can, we'll talk about some of the inner workings of the deal and, you know, why I'm excited and what we look for in a particular deal. All right. Where, uh, where is it? So this one is in Lexington, Kentucky, and it's in more of an A class, A, you know, A minus, a good, well-located area. Uh, something we're really focused on right now, Matt, is, is location. And, you know, you're always focused on location and real estate. But right now, we are focused on higher end neighborhoods. So very well located neighborhoods that have, uh, you know, higher, higher household income, uh, more in that, you know, A, B plus A up to A type neighborhood. So it's a well established neighborhood. It's got higher household income. It's got low crime, good schools. Those are the neighborhoods we're really focused on right now. And the reason why is because we feel like those will withstand a recession. Um, they will go down less as far as a percentage in value and they'll go up the quickest. So they're the, they're the kind of the last to go down. They're the first to go up and they go down the least. And I know people have this notion that C-class somehow people are going to stay and blah, blah, blah. And that's true, but they don't, won't necessarily pay you. Uh, and so we'd like properties where people, when a recession happens, people will still pay us and we'll still maintain our value pretty well. And how do we come up with that conclusion? History. We looked back at the last many recessions and see that that thesis holds true and it's held true every single time. Yeah, data-driven practices are, are the best approach to take. I, 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 uh, another thing about this property, it looks like you're not over-leveraging yourself. You know, you're only doing a 70% uh, loan to purchase price, or a little bit yeah. less than that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the things we really liked, we'll talk, uh, talk about financing, right? So one of the things we really liked, so there's in multifamily, there's many ways you can get financing. Uh, one way is through local banks. You got to personally guarantee that uh, the terms are okay, but uh, another way is bridge loans. Bridge loans are really popular and they were extremely popular just a little bit ago. Now with raising interest rates, maybe a little bit less, but they were extremely popular because we were able to get very low interest rates. A bridge loan is think of a construction loan. We're doing a big renovation. We can finance the purchase price plus the renovation 
Usually we can find ints, let's call it 75% of the purchase price plus 100% of the renovations. So I can really leverage up that property, add the value to it. Now I got this big equity that I have to refinance. Well, with today, what's going on, we've got these interest rates that are climbing quickly. And man, they're, they're moving so fast, it's hard to keep up with. And so what we're excited about was to be able to have um, a property where we locked in at a, like you said, a, a fairly attractive leverage, uh, roughly 70% uh, loan to uh, loan to value, loan to cost, loan to what we're purchasing it for. Um, and we were able to lock in long-term debt at the current interest rates. Now, <laughs> current interest rates have gone up drastically, right? I mean, when we were first underwriting the deal, interest rates, you know, happily we underwrote higher, anticipating higher interest rates. But when we first underwrote, interest rates were like three and a half to 3.75. And now, um, what did we lock in at? 4.55. Yeah, four point, thank you, 4.55. So we locked in 4.55. And that's, that's locked for 10 years. And so we're in a pretty good position. The deal works right now at 4.55. Would I have loved to be at 3.75? Would I have loved to be at 3.5? Absolutely. But just knowing that with the volatility in the market, with what's happening with interest rates right now, we are locked in at 4.55 for 10 years. That makes me feel really nice at the end of the day. And that's why we did this loan. That's quite frankly, one of the things we're most excited about this property is that we're able to lock in at these interest rates when we've got this crazy interest rate environment going on. We'll see yep. what happens. I mean, interest rates, that's like next week's topic, maybe. Uh, <laughs> interest rates are crazy. They're going bonkers. I don't know how long it's going to last, it, it, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's interesting. The government is no longer messing around with inflation. They're trying to slow it down. It's a freight train. And, and we, I was talking about this with uh, a friend of mine who um, owns, a, owns a concrete company. And it's just like, it's just this reactionary thing, right? Uh, in his industry, in the construction industry, they're bidding jobs that they're going to be doing. They're bidding it for the future. They're saying, well, you know, here's where our profit needs to be, or here's, here's where our price needs to be today. But with inflation, by the time we're finished, you know, here's where we actually need to be. Hmm. So <laughs> it's moving so fast. And when that happens, that, that doesn't, that's just, it's not just the construction industry. It's everything that affects the construction industry. It's all kinds of industry that that's what they're doing. They're going, well, we can't, we can't no longer sell this product for uh, $800. Yeah, we could sell it for $800 today, but in three months, inflation, that'll be $825. We're going to sell for $825 right now. And boom, now <laughs> it's just this like spiral. Effect. So anyways, so the government's trying to curb this inflation. Interest rates are going up. We feel really solid about being able to lock in long-term 10 years. That's what we're excited about. Very cool. And uh, this seems like a, a medium lift. You're doing about uh, $7,000 a unit or so. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, light, light lift, uh, very light lift. Um, and we're not even doing that. So we are, we are essentially just doing some of the exterior deferred items. Um, so from the outside, the building just needs a little bit of, little bit of uh, character to it. It's just kind of plain. Um, so we're doing some siding stuff. We're, we're replacing roofs that are in poor condition, but the interiors have actually been done uh, and are in really good condition. Very minor uh, interior work uh, that we're doing. Just, it's just, just very basics, um, but we don't have to do any of the big lifts. So one of the, that's another nice thing about this is we're not we're not going to be affected by inflation as far as construction prices. Like it's, this is, it's basically laid out for us already. This is more of a management play, Matt. This property was, was purchased. They renovated um, and they just didn't do a good job on lease out. And so they're, they've, they've got a pretty heavy loss to lease. We're already seeing leases getting close to our pro forma right now today and our property manager that we are hiring they actually took over on the property um about a month ago just over a month ago so they took over on the property just over a month ago which is amazing that was part of kind of the agreement with the with the sellers that our property management company would take over and so they're they're that's what they did and now we have this easy transition to us. That's huge as well to have your property management company be able to come in and take over and be able to run the show. Now they're, they're, they're not completely able to run the show, right? They're not able to implement our business plan because it's not owned by us yet, but there's familiarity there. They are pushing rents, although not to the max because again, they, we don't own it, right? They have to go through the previous owner to get approval for anything, but it's, it's definitely helping. Um, there's definitely going to be helping us that they've already been on the property by the time we close on the property for over two months. So that'll be really nice. And this is a property management that, that you've had with uh, some of your other properties. And so you know them well and, and their quality. Yeah. 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 I mean, these guys, uh, they, they took over for two of my properties that were struggling. This was right at, right before COVID. Uh, these properties were struggling. We were doing big renovations and, uh, they took over and immediately started collecting, uh, back due rent. Uh, immediately we raised rents considerably and, uh, we got all these renovations done. COVID hit. I was freaked out, man. I thought, crap like this we're gonna lose these properties because nobody's gonna pay you know at the time you're seeing all this like stuff on the news these horror stories uh tenants aren't paying rent and uh tenants are refusing to pay rent blah 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 and you thought ah the the world's gonna end of course that didn't happen um and our property management company they they did an excellent job uh we were able to get them to 95 plus percent occupancy raise the rents considerably and we were able to get it to a position to be able to uh, execute a, a successful exit so um yeah we've got history with them and uh it, just excited to have them manage the property um in a town that they're very familiar with they've got they've they manage a lot of properties in and this property it looks like it's going to cash flow from year one yeah. So, um, 
you know, something that is not actually a lot of our properties. A lot of our properties, we do bigger value adds. And so they don't cash flow right away. Um, and I'm okay with that for the most part, depending on the, the business plan. I'm okay to not to cash flow. Uh, and I make sure I'm, I'm very open with our investors on, hey, this is not a cash flowing property in year one. Here's why. Um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of meat when we do that, as long as, of course, we purchase it right and, and execute a business plan. But this one is going to be cash flowing right away, uh, year one. Uh, like you said, there's a lot less renovation to it. Uh, it's, very, it's very well occupied. I think right now, current occupancy is close to 99%. Uh, so it's very well occupied. And, uh, and, and you know, day, day one, we'll start to cash flow right away. Very good. And like a lot of your the properties that you focus on, you're about uh, doubling people's money in, in approximately five years. Yeah. So, I mean, that, look, that, that's a goal, Matt. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to tell people that that's, that's what's actually going to happen. But when we underwrite a property, we try to be conservative. We try to be smart about our underwriting um, and try not to get too aggressive on rent assumptions and, and all that kind of stuff. But what we try to say is, look, it, it, this property would work for us. Here's the purchase price. What would we, we try to back into our purchase price. So we say, well, with what the cash flow is, what, what, what we feel like we can do with this property, how do we double our investors' money? And then we use that metric to be able to go, okay, now we can purchase this property for $10 million, $12 million, $15 million. So, at our purchase price, which is 10.3 million in, in our renovation, and then looking at all of our costs associated and looking at where we think we could take the property, we're saying, hey, in five years at 10.3 million purchase price, we feel like we have a, an opportunity to double investors' money in that period of time. Now, of course, Matt, many things can happen, so nothing's a guarantee. But again, that's our goal, trying to be conservative and trying to make sure we're getting close to doubling investors' money in five years. Sometimes we far exceed that. Some, uh, sometimes we barely hit it. Um, but, you know, that's, that's kind of the goal. Or, you know, obviously sometimes we could be, we could be off and, and underperform. But the goal is always to try to over, under-promise, over-deliver, right? <laughs> that's always the goal. Yeah. At the same time, you're you're approaching this very conservatively. I mean, you're you're doing the raise, uh, so you pre-raise all the capital for the renovations as well as reserves. So yeah. you're kind of set up for what may come potentially. Yeah, yeah, and we're trying to be super conservative with the renovation too. I mean, I don't I don't think it's going to cost nearly as much as what we're putting aside. But um, regardless, we're we're trying to make sure we have plenty of of capital there uh, so we can so we can get everything done we need to. Um, and 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 you know, strong reserves are always really important. One of the easiest things I think for investors, uh, or syndicators like myself to do, there's a couple things that people can do to try to really make a deal look more attractive. One is they can cheap out on the reserves that they put forth. So if you lower the reserves, the reserves are, if it's, it's your rainy day fund, right? So, well, if I, that, and that's straight cash, straight cash is always going to affect, cause it's not leveraged. Straight cash is always going to affect 
your performa uh, returns to your investors more, right? So if instead of having, you know, let's call it nine to 12 months worth of interest reserves, if I only do three months of interest reserves, four months of interest reserves, that's going to make my pro forma to my investors look that much better. The other thing that a lot of people will do is they'll go, well, my exit cap is going to be this. And what I see a lot of people doing going, well, I'm purchasing it at a 3.6 cap. And so we're going to sell it for a 4.1 cap. We're being conservative, see, because we're buying it at 3.6. But what they fail to tell people is, well, the market today for that product type, if it was in excellent condition, ready to hit the market and performing well, is going to sell for a 4.5 cap. They're buying it at a 3.6 cap because it's underperforming. They're going to fix it up and they're going to sell it at a 4.1. But wait a second, all the other properties are selling for 4.5. Like, no, you're, you're being extremely aggressive. So th those are two big things that, that people, I think, syndicators do. And I don't want to say are, they're being malicious about it, but they do it to, uh, and that helps boost their returns. So we obviously we're trying to be very honest about what, uh, cap rates and, and smart about our reserves. Yeah, very good. I think any syndicator, like if you're out there and you're going, I, I want to syndicate, just, just make sure again, we, we want to, we want to under promise and over deliver, not the opposite. Yeah, it makes sense. You want to share good news with your investors uh, at each turn. Yeah. And look in this market, uh, I think multifamily is poised to be strong. I think inflation is going to help multifamily. Um, one of the one of the beautiful things about inflation is that it dissolves your your uh, your debt essentially, right? As property values go up at a, such a high rate, your debt doesn't change, and so it basically dissolves debt. So there's there's a lot of strength with, with inflation. And when you look at the inventory crisis that we have out there, I think multifamily is going to be very strong, but at the same time, I think there's a really good opportunity that or a really good chance that we're going to be having a recession over the next few years. And so with that being said, you have to, you have to think about that as you're underwriting, what could happen is a recession likely we can't be too aggressive. If we're too aggressive and we're trying to push these numbers too hard, we're going to be over-promising and under-delivering. So we want to be conservative. We want to think about what could be, and I don't want you to be fearful. I'm not saying to be fearful, but be knowledgeable, right? <clears throat> understand the factors that are at play and understand that there's a good chance that a recession is going to happen. Now, I would have said, three years ago that there's a good chance a recession is going to happen within the next two to three years. It hasn't happened. Right. But eventually it's going to happen. Yeah. And when it does, I think uh, there's a lot of these syndicators who are too aggressive and they're going to be, you know, the music is going to uh, stop and they're going to be caught without a chair. Well, there's a lot of investors in general, right? So, so a, a lot of certainly syndicators, 
but a lot of people that are buying it, you know, the duplex and the the fourplex and stuff like that. And they, you know, a lot of people are out there. They've got their nine to five job and and they're they heard on some podcast or or they just read about it or whatever their uncle did it. And so they they want to buy this duplex or this rental property, but they're working a full-time job. Their, their focus isn't really on it. Um, they don't have time to be finding the best deal. They don't have time to be renovating and, and adding equity. So they just buy something more turnkey uh, for the, whatever the market's selling for. And they want to get it quick. They don't have time to go look for these deals. And that's those people are also going to be in a world of hurt if a recession does happen. Uh, because they, they, again, that this is, this is a, a side hustle for them and their job is what's actually bringing home the bacon. Right. Whereas this, this is your main thing and you're, you know, well-prepared for as prepared as one can be for a recession. Right. We're, we're trying to, we're trying to be very prepared and this is, this is our focus, um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to be prudent with, with what we're doing. It's not a side hustle. So let's say I'm an accredited investor. Uh, you yeah. know, what are the details for me to invest with you? Um, well, so, so what we, what we do when we have a deal, we get a deal under contract, we do our due diligence and assuming everything's pushing forward, what we end up doing is creating a slide deck. And a slide deck is just presentation. It goes through uh, our team, who we are, uh, goes through the the property, what the property is, the market, what the market uh, is, the, why we like the deal, um, and then a little bit about the numbers, right? And so we have a webinar and, and go through kind of all those fine details and then allow our investors, our potential investors to invest. And so that's what's kind of coming down the pipeline uh, right now is we'll be hosting a webinar at the very, very early part of May, uh, and then people can start committing. So once we actually put it out there to our network, it'll go pretty quick. Um, and so right now we're going to be putting, Matt, I'll, I'll give you a link. And so that we can put it in the show notes. So if anybody's listening, wants to sign up, um, if you're not on my email distribution, you can just click on that. If you're on my email, you can get my monthly emails. Um, then you'll also get an email here um, with the detail on how to sign up for the webinar. But that's really the best way is listen to the webinar, see if you like it. And uh, you know what? Uh, there's no pressure ever. I, I don't I don't like pressuring people. To me, it's an opportunity. People want to make money, come invest in this. Uh, if they don't, or if you have a better opportunity somewhere else, that's fine. Uh, but for us, you know, if you like the opportunity, great. If you just want to have a conversation and want to learn more, of course, let's reach, reach out. Let's have a conversation. Um, if you look, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, Hey, I want to do what, what Todd is doing. Join the webinar, listen to what we're talking about. Right. And you can either invest in it and, and learn more, or you can just learn by joining the webinar and actually hearing how we talk about the deal and see what the slide deck looks like, see what the numbers look like. And it really helps you understand for whenever you're ready to raise money on, on how to do it. 
and you'll pick up stuff and you go, Hey, I, I, I can do a better job than that. Or I really like what they do, you know, that type of thing. So. And when, so for the people who do decide to invest, there are some deadlines for when they have to fill out the paperwork and uh, wire the funds. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll go pretty quick. Um, we are, I think uh, by, by the end of today, actually, I'm going to, but by the time this comes out, I'll, I'll ha have it down, but um, we're going to have the webinar. You know, I think it's May uh, 4th, I believe is going to be the webinar. It was going to be a little bit earlier, but um, it'll be May 4th now. And then, you know, there'll be a couple days to review, sign the subscription agreement. Um, and then funding will be uh, roughly, let's call it May 8th, 9th, somewhere, somewhere around there. And then we close on the deal May 23rd. So it goes pretty quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're excited. And again, like I said, people listening, if, if you just want to see how these deals are put together, how they work, come join the webinar. Matt will put it in the show notes, um, uh, the link and how to join it. And uh, again, if you're on my email distribution list, you'll get that. If you're not, uh, feel free to uh, get on the email distribution list as well if you want. Excellent. And this looks like a great deal, honestly. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. We're excited. Good, good. We love, it. we love buying multifamily. We just, we love, we love what, how multifamily has performed over the last, you know, decade, but we love how multifamily has performed over the last, you know, 40, 50, 60 years. And, um, we think the future of multifamily is going to be strong. Certainly there's likely going to be volatility. Um, but we think overall long-term future for multifamily is very strong and very profitable. Um, so, you know, we, we really like doing these deals. Excellent. All right, cool, man. Um, well, that's it for me. You got anything else? No, not today. All right. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You do. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.